Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to be praying this morning for all cadres of leadership and those in power and authority. First Timothy 2 from verse 1 to 2 says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Hallelujah. We're going to be praying for the nations. Pray that the nations will be brought into alignment with the prophetic timing, plans, and purposes of God as delivered to us in the scripture. We forbid and overturn Satan's plans and agenda to control our government before time. By the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, we break the dominion and influence of Satan and the demons of darkness over the leaders of the government of the world and its people, which has been exercised through fear-mongering and compelling by force of authority. Hallelujah. So we are praying for the leaders of the nations. Yesterday during the Your Love World series, Pastor was specific that we pray for leaders that they be not deceived anymore. That the spirit of deception and the act of deception that the devil has used to blind their eyes will be broken and cut off permanently that they will no longer be deceived and used as a weapon against the nations of the earth and against the people and against the plans and purposes of God. Right now, we're going to be praying. Pray specifically for your leaders. You can call them by name. You can call your nation, call the specific area, the leadership in that area, call the specific leader of the specific nation and begin to declare words. Break every bond of deception. Break everything that the devil has used to put them in that situation. Let us begin to pray. We break every form of deception. Forbidding the plan of the devil. Yes, hallelujah. The prayer point can be answered in the bathroom right Sakata <laughs> 
Yes, in the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray for our leaders, and in the name of our Lord Jesus, we break the bonds and the dominion and influence of the devil and his demons over the leaders of the nations. We break the bonds of the devil over the government of the nations. We put an end to that authority. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We render all such hold and dominion and control illegal from his fault. And we render it null and void by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of the Lord Jesus. We say no more will the devil have hold over the leaders of the nations or any form of authority over the leaders of the nations for that matter. For the Lord is Lord of heaven and earth. He's God over every flesh. And we declare that the nations, they are brought into alignment with the prophetic timing, plans and purposes of God as according to the scriptures concerning the nations of the earth and the peoples of the earth. Blessed be your name, O God. We worship and adore you, Lika Safra Kadabaya. For you are God over everything. Recongre dika sacraca de la bragabasota. Recobocro do cosete kibaya. Yes, lika satacabaya. You rule over every nation, every town, every territory, and their leaderships. Lecrosocobocosite kibaya. They are in your hands forever. Racatele mundo fracatica basata cabaya. Oh Lord, we bless your holy neighbor God. We worship you for you are God all by yourself. Blessed be your name, O God. Thank you, dear Father. Thank you, King of Kings. Thank you, Lord of Lords. For you reign over every flesh. You reign over all the nations of the earth. Blessed be your name forever and ever. In Jesus' precious name, we've prayed. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God forevermore. Oh, thank you, dear Lord Jesus. We worship your name and adore your holy name. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God forevermore. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Glory to God. We worship and adore your holy name forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Depending on what part of the world you're connected from at this time. You are welcome to the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. I'd like to say a very big thank you to the esteemed Amarak for the opportunity to lead the saints of God in this time of intercessory prayers. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Right away, we're going into a session of praise and worship, after which we'll go into the Rhapsody of Reality segment. Right away, over to you, dear esteemed sister Harriet. Do have a blissful day today. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Sister Debbie. Pastor Debbie for that powerful session of prayers. Thank you, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity to lead God's people in worship. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the world you're connected from. 
At this time, let's just lift up our holy hands and worship to our King. Let's worship the Lord of Lords. Yes, he rules over all the nations of the world. The government are his, the galaxies are his, the nations of the world, they all belong to him. Just worship him. He's the sovereign God. Hallelujah. Leba shaka talamandegebo shaka kinamanto sekinamantasia. Oh Lord, we worship and adore your name, O God. Blessed be your name, O God. Hallelujah. You reign for everlasting. You alone I live to worship. I give you all the praise and offering. You are the God of everything. Of your kingdom there's no end. All adoration be unto you. You reign for everlasting. You alone I live to worship. I leave you all the praise and offering. You are the God of everything. Of your kingdom there's no end. All adoration be unto you. Jesus, sovereign God, you alone I adore. I worship you forever. Son of the Most High God, the very living Word, you alone I adore. I worship you forever, Jesus, sovereign God. You alone I adore. I worship you forever, Son of the Most High God, the very living Word. You alone I adore. I worship you forevermore. Oh, yes, you reign, yes, Lord, yes, you reign, reign for everlasting. You alone I live to worship, I give you all the praise and offering you. Oh, the God of everything, of your kingdom there's no end, all adoration be unto you, Lord, you, you reign for everlasting, you alone believe to worship. We give you all the praise and offering you are the God of everything. Of your kingdom there's no end. All adoration beyond to you, Jesus, sovereign God, you alone I adore. I worship you forever, Son of the Most High God, the very living Word. You alone I adore, 
I worship you forever, Jesus, sovereign God, you alone are adored, worship you forever, Son of the Most High God. Very living well. You will Oh, 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 we praise your name. Hallelujah. Welcome, everybody, once again. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Harima. Thank you, esteemed Pastor Deborah. Had a great time so far during the devotion. We are going to be reviewing today's article at this moment, and it is titled Increasing Your Faith. Today is Friday, 22nd of April, 2022. Increasing Your Faith. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, Romans 12 and verse 3, praise God. We have the article on the screen and you can read with me. The first step to increasing your faith is knowing how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. Therefore, if you're going to have more faith, you have to hear more of God's word. You can't be listening to negative things that produce fear and expect your faith to increase. That would only build more fear in you. Inundate your spirit with the word. Some people face certain challenges and are overwhelmed because they are operating at a level of faith that's too low to deal with the situation. Yet it's possible to have a lot of faith that's weak. Weak faith is the result of the lack of exercise of faith. So hearing God's word is one thing, but until you act on the word you've received, your faith will be weak and you will stagger. You stagger when you face adversities. So grow your faith strong through the exercise of your faith. Strong faith is prevailing faith. It doesn't stagger. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Romans 4, 18 to 20. A rapacious appetite for the word of God will of necessity bolster faith in you to tame circumstances. Keep Satan where he belongs and cause you to live triumphantly every day. But you must keep exercising your faith to keep it strong. Hallelujah. Praise God. So two things here, building faith and strengthening faith. and. Um, these are principles that we already know about and the Lord is bringing it to our remembrance today. And if he's telling us to increase our faith, that means this is a season to increase your faith. You know, um, if God is saying this to us, it just means that um, there's going to be a demand for our faith in the days the weeks and the months to come. And this is the time to build faith strong. And faith comes by hearing the word. Many of you follow Project in Message Day. So you probably already are in that space where pastor is talking about you have faith. But if the faith is not producing the kind of results that you want, chances are that you are not exercising your faith. 
So you, to exercise your faith is to focus your faith on something and unleash your faith on it. If you are in the business of keeping fit and you go to the gym or maybe even at home, you realize that um, there are different parts of your body that you can work on at different times, or you might generally want to work on the whole body tone. And you have certain um, exercises that you do to um, tone a different part of a body. And that exercise is different if you want to tone another part of the body. Maybe you want to firm your abs, you know, your hamstrings or whatever the case is. You know the exercises to do to achieve that. And if you want a holistic body um, 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 fit body, you know what to do. So when we say exercise your faith, you are channeling your faith in a direction of exercise. Let me give an example. Maybe it's your health, and then you channel your faith in the direction of your of your of your of your health. And then what? Just like you would take certain exercises that are directed to. The, to building a particular part of your body. So you are now taking exercises from the word of God that can build that area of your life, which is your health as the case may be. So the word of God that you have received, the word of God that has come to you, that has built faith in you, you now channel it to your health through faith proclam proclamations. You know, yesterday, um, I just, I, I stumbled on the book, How I'm um, Keeping Your Healing. And I just said, let's, let me even read the book. And Pastor was talking about the fact that when you get healed, you know, the devil is not just going to sit down and clap for you and say, bravo. No, he's going to counter attack. He's going to come at you. And he talked about the fact that, oh, the symptoms may show up. He, he mentioned different things that the one who has gotten healed must do to stay in health. He said for them not to observe the lying vanity. He said for them to study the word, not to forsake the gathering of other believers, to keep confessing, to continue praying and to avoid sin. You know, so it tells you if you do these things, you would achieve this result. So if you're working on your health and channeling your faith in the area of your health, so you take all that you require that you have learned by reason of listening to the word of God that has built faith in you. Now you have faith because you've been listening. Now you want to channel that faith in the area of health to exercise your faith in that area so that it becomes strong in that area. That's why many of you can say that, oh, um, in the last how many months, in the last how many years, I've not had to go to the hospital. I've not had to take drugs. What has been happening to you is that the faith that you have built over time by listening to the word of God, whatever the case may be, or wherever you may have been, um, you know, imbibing the word, you have been able to channel to your health and keep yourself in health. So it might be your finances, it might be your family, to exercise faith in that area, just channel the energy of faith in that area through your faith proclamations. You've listened to the word, you've increased faith in that area. Now is the time to exercise that faith. And for every time that you win in a particular area, you are promoted in that area and then you become stronger in your faith in that area. So you can grow in faith and you can exercise faith to keep it strong. So make up your mind that you would have strong faith for all ramifications of your life, strong faith for your finances, strong faith for your relationship with God, strong faith for your business, strong faith for your family, your marriage, whatever area, your education, your career, all areas of your life. And you can be certain that as you increase in faith, so would you increase in the miraculous, in the supernatural, and you'll be able to tame the circumstances of life at every point in time. And this is the confidence that 
we have in the world when he says all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. What is his purpose? His purpose is that you stay in the world, that you increase faith, that you build faith, that you exercise faith and you strengthen your faith. So all of that resides in his purpose for you and and once you are in that place of purpose, life is beautiful. Praise God. All right. Um, I'm going to be handing over to Estim Pastor Onye to take us through the next segment of the meeting. Um, we'll be able to take some testimonies. Um, I, I got information. Some of you have testimonies to share. All right. Thank you so much. Over to you, Estim Pastor Onye. Thank you, Ma, for this opportunity. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depending on where you are connected at the moment, we are going over to the Bible study segment of today's devotion, and we are starting from the further studies of the Rhapsody of Reality. Second Corinthians chapter 8, 7 says, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3 says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith grows exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all towards each other are bounded. Romans chapter 10, 17 says, So faith comes by hearing. What is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ. Praise the Lord. We're going to take the confession together. Please do not omit your mic. Just repeat after me. Dear Father, thank you for the opportunity to hear and receive your word. My faith is increased even now as a result of your word that has come to me today. My heart is forever after your word and my faith in your word, and by my faith in your word, I prevail over situations and circumstances to the glory and praise of your name. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. We're going over to the New Testament reading for today's devotion. And we are still in the book of Luke, chapter 19. Caption, Jesus' final approach to Jerusalem. After saying all of this, Jesus headed straight for Jerusalem. When he arrived at the stables of Amia, near the mouth of Olives, he sent two of his disciples ahead saying, when you enter the next village, you will find Teta there, a donkey's young colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it to me. And if anyone stops you and asks, what are you doing? Just tell them this is needed for the Lord. The two disciples entered the village and found the colt exactly like Jesus had said. While they were untying it, the owners comforted them and asked, Why, what are you doing? The disciples replied, we need this donkey for the Lord. After they brought the cord to Jesus, they placed their prayer shawls on his back and Jesus rode it as he descended the Mount Olives towards Jerusalem. As he rode towards the city, people spontaneously threw their prayer shawls like a carpet on the path in front of him. As soon as he got to the bottom of the Mount of Olives, the crowd of his followers shouted with a loud outburst of ecstatic joy over all the mighty wonders of power they had witnessed. They shouted over and over, highest praises to God for the one who comes as a king in the name of the Lord. Heaven's peace and glory from the highest realm now comes to us. Some Jewish religious leaders who stood off from the procession said to Jesus, teacher, order your followers at once to stop saying these things. Jesus responded, listen to me. If my followers were silenced, the very stones would break forth with praises. Caption, Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. When Jesus caught sight of the city, he burst into tears with uncontrollable weeping 
over Jerusalem, saying, If only you could recognize that this day peace is within your reach. But you cannot see it, for the day is soon coming when your enemies will surround you, hem you in on every side, and lay siege to you. They will crush you to pieces and your children too, and they will leave your city totally destroyed since you would not recognize God's day of visitation, and you will see your day of devastation. Caption, Jesus cleansed the temple courts. Jesus entered the temple area and forcibly threw out all the merchants from their stores. He rebuked them, saying, The scriptures declare, My father's house is to be filled with prayer, a house of prayer, not a cave of bandits. From then on, Jesus continued teaching the temple area. But the high priests, the experts of the law, and the prominent men of the city kept trying to find a strategy to accuse Jesus, for they wanted him dead. They could find no reason to accuse him, for he was a hero to the people, and the crowds were all struck by every word that he spoke. Praise the Lord. Let's come to the end of this New Testament reading. Thank you, esteemed Brother Martin, for sharing your screen. Over to you, esteemed Brother John. You have a nice day, everybody. Thank you so much, Pastor Nye. <clears throat> wow. Scripture just made more sense because this Easter period, I was just watching a lot of Jesus films. <laughs> so as we were reading the scriptures, I was adding pictures to it. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Old Testament segment. And... Um, We are reading the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16 and 17. Hallelujah. A big thank you to the esteemed Sister Mark for this opportunity. Thank you, um, Grammatics, for the beautiful job you're doing. From verse 1, finally, the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul, for I rejected him as king of Israel. Now take a vial of olive oil and go to Bethlehem and find a man named Jesse, for I have selected one of his sons to be the new king. Osama asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Then call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint. The Samuel did as the Lord had told him to. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the city came trembling to meet him. What is wrong? They asked. Why have you come? But he replied, All is well. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he performed the purification rites on Jesse and his sons and invited them to. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the man the Lord has chosen. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge a man by a man's face or height, for this is not the one. I don't make decisions the way you do. Men judge by outward appearance, but I look at a man's thoughts and intentions. Then Jesse told his son, Abinadab, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But the Lord said, this is not the right man either. Next, Jesse summoned Shammah. But the Lord said, no, this is not the one. The same way, all seven of his sons presented themselves to Samuel and were rejected. The Lord has not chosen any one of them, Samuel told Jesse. Are these all there? Well, there is the youngest, Jesse replied, for he's out in the fields watching the sheep. Send for him at once, Samuel said, but we will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was a fine-looking boy, ruddy-faced and with pleasant eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the olive oil he had brought and poured it upon David's head. And the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Jehovah, came upon him and gave him great power from that day onward. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. But the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul, 
and instead the Lord had sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Some of Saul's aides suggested a cure. We will find a good harpist to play for you whenever the tormenting spirit is bothering you. They said, the harp music will quiet you and you will soon be well again. See, this is a strategy from the scriptures. Whenever you are, whenever anytime you feel torment or fear or whatever the challenge may be, just listen to a, to a song. Surely these are love word songs. Put it on. And the Bible says that it will quiet you and you will be well again. <laughs> Praise God. Verse 17. All right. Saul said, find me a happiest. One of them said he knew a young fellow in Bethlehem, the son of a man named Jesse, who was not only talent, a talented harp player, but was handsome, brave, and strong, and had good, solid judgments. What is more, he added, the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse, asking that he send his son David the shepherd. Jesse responded by sending not only David, but a young goat and a donkey, carrying a load of food and wine. From the instant he saw David, Saul admired and loved him. And David became his bodyguard. Wow. Then Saul wrote to Jesse, please let David join my staff. I'm very fond of him. And whenever the tormenting spirit of God troubled Saul, David would play the harp and Saul would feel better. And the evil spirit would go away. First Samuel chapter 17. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Soko in Judah and Azekah in Ephes Damim. Saul counted, countered with a build-up of forces at Ela Valley. So the Philistines and Israelis faced each other on opposite hills with a valley between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel was a giant of a man measuring over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, a 200 pound coat of mail, bronze leggings, and carried a bronze javelin several inches thick, tipped with a 25 pound iron spearhead. And his armor bearer walked ahead of him with a huge shield. He stood and shouted across to the Israelis, do you need a whole army to settle this? I will represent the Philistines, and you choose someone to represent you, and we will settle this in single combat. If your man is able to kill me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, then you must be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel. Send me a man who will fight with me. When Saul and the Israeli army heard this, they were dismayed and frightened. David, the son of aging Jesse, a member of the tribe of Judah, who lived in Bethlehem, had seven older brothers. The three oldest, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shammah, had already volunteered for Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son and was on Saul's staff on a part-time basis. He went back and forth to Bethlehem to help his father with the sheep for 40 days. Twice a day, morning and evening, the Philistine giants trotted before the armies of Israel. One day, Jesse said to David, take this bushel of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread to your brothers. Give this cheese to their captain and see how the boys are getting along and bring us back a letter from them. Saul and the Israeli army were camped at the valley of Elah. So David left the sheep, oh hallelujah, with another shepherd and took off early the next morning with the gifts. He arrived at the outskirts of the camp just as the Israeli army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israeli and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his luggage with a baggage officer and hurried out to the ranks to find his brothers. Shut up. As he was talking with them, he saw Goliath the giant step out from the Philistine troops and shout his challenge to the army of Israel. 
As soon as they saw him, the Israeli army began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giants? The soldiers were asking. He has insulted the entire army of Israel. And have you heard about the huge reward the king has offered to anyone who kills him? And the king will give him one of his daughters for a wife. His whole family will be exempted from paying taxes. David talked to some others standing there to verify the report. What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his insults to Israel? He asked them. Who is this hidden Philistine anyway that is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And he received the same reply as before. But when David's oldest brother Eliab heard David talking like that, he was angry. What are you doing here? What are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. What about the sheep you are supposed to be taking care of? I know what a cocky brat you are. We just want to see the battle. What have I done now? David replied. I was only asking a question. And he walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. When it was finally realized that what David meant, someone told King Saul and the king sent for him. Don't worry about a thing, David told him. I'll take care of this Philistine. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. How can a kid like you fight a man like him? You are only a boy, and he has been in the army since he was a boy. But David persisted. When I am taking care of my father's sheep, he said, and a lion or a bear comes and grabs a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and take the lamb from its mouth. If it turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I will do it to this hidden Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who saved me from the claws and teeth of the lion and the bear will save me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can hardly move, he exclaimed, and took them off again. Then he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag, and armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, started across to Goliath. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this nice little red cheek boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David. That you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the name of his gods. Come over here and I will give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled. David shouted in reply. You come to me with a sword and a spear. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of the armies of heaven and of, and of Israel. The very God whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And Israel will learn that the Lord does not depend on weapons to fulfill his plans. He works without regard to human means. He will give you to us. Hallelujah. As Goliath approached, David ran out to meet him. And reaching into his shepherd's back, took a stone and hauled it from his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and the man fell on his face to the ground. So David conquered the Philistine giant with his sling and a stone. Since he had no sword, he ran over and pulled Goliath's, Goliath's, that's Goliath's sword from his sheath and killed him with it and then cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the Israelis gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road to Sharaim. Then the Israeli army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. Later, David took Goliath's head to Jerusalem, but stored his armor in his tent. As, as Saul was watching David go out to fight Goliath, he asked, Abner, the general of his army, Abner, what sort of family does this young fellow come from? I really don't know, Abner said. Well, find out, the king told him. After David had killed Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with a Philistine's head still in his hand. Tell me about your father, my boy, Saul David. 
And David replied, his name is Jesse. And he leaves. And we live in Bethlehem. Oh, praise God forevermore. It's a kind of book of the Bible where you're reading and you're jumping and shouting. Have a perfect day, everyone. Over to you, Estimbra Martins. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Estimbra. John, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time, I'd like to say a very big thank you to the esteemed Stamaka for this wonderful privilege. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At this point, we're going to our formation segment of our meeting, and the formation will be on the screen shortly. We start our formation by taking our names. My name is, you say your name. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. The next paragraph, I, your name, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph, I, your name. My love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. At this point, I will kindly ask everyone to please unmute their mics as we take our formation at the count of three. One, two, three. My name is Praise God, praise God, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. At this point, we're going straight to the communion segment of our meeting. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. And our text is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I receive of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Precious Father, loving Father, there is no one like you. You are the beautiful Savior, the God of glory. There is none like you. And Lord, this day we stand on your holy word. Lord, we stand in worship. We bow in worship. We kneel in worship. You are God all by yourself. You are that same God, the great God. And Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, as we break this bread, we affirm that you are God of everything. You are God of our lives. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Go ahead and break the bread and eat it. 
Praise God. After the seminar, also he took the cup and he has supped. Saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This is the year's cup that should drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. So he come. Claudia Dije Keparan de Krasik de Iktokele Kredori and Dori Bandija Lamandia. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the everlasting for the cup of the everlasting covenant and the blood of Jesus. We declare that as we take this cup, we are blood washed, we are sanctified, we are glorified. Thank you, Lord God, from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. Eternal life gains ascendancy in our being. We have eternal life now. We live eternal life. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, for the great grace you have lavished upon us, we say thank you. For the joy that trees our soul, we say thank you. For divine life, we say thank you. For prosperity and peace, we say thank you. For growth and for promotion, we say thank you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the cup even now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you thanks. We are so blessed. Our souls have found rest in you, God. Lord, we say thank you in Jesus' name. Once again, I'd like to say a very big thank you to the esteemed Mr. Maka for this wonderful privilege. And at this point, I'll kindly hand over to Pastor Inye to take us through the remaining parts of the meeting. Thank you, everyone, and ensure you have a beautiful day. Thank you, Esteem Brother Martins. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone again, depending on where you are connected from. We are going over to the celebratory segment of today's devotion. If today is your birthday, birthday of your loved ones, wedding anniversary, or whatever it is that you are celebrating, this we would like to celebrate with you. Just come to the chat room and let's celebrate. If today is your first time, of connecting with us, please come to the chat room, say your name. We invited you and where you are connected from, we would like to meet with you, praise the Lord. Esteemed Sister Anu says, it's my birthday. Congratulations there. Happy birthday to you. God's blessings to you now and always. Do we have more birthdays today? If you are connected to us with us for the first time, because we would like to meet with you, come to the chat room, say your name and where you are connecting from. Okay. Momsa says, today is my choir director's birthday. His name is Brother Peter. Happy birthday to you, Brother Peter. God's blessings now and always. Angie says, thank you so much. It's my niece's birthday today. His name is Uche Perfect Chuku. Happy birthday to Brother Uche. God's blessings to him now and always. Edidion says, I'm Edidion Ayo, connecting from Jamaica. Please would like to know who invited you, esteemed sister Edidion. We are excited to have you in our midst and you are in for a great time. As you keep connecting with us, you realize that your life never remains the same. Praise God. Do we have more birthdays? Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hand over to your friend, Sister Maka, to pray for the celebrants. To have a wonderful day, everybody. God bless you. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Paraklushi from the Grabadori, Takari Kadila, Lega Lega Duriki, Sufran Takreda Hastas. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for everyone celebrant this day. We declare in the name of the Lord Jesus, great peace is upon them by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, from this day henceforth, they will enjoy the peace of God, which has garrisoned their hearts. Yes, Lord, we thank you, Parikos Ongratishta. They will enjoy divine, they enjoy divine health by the power of your spirit. They enjoy peace and prosperity in the name of the Lord Jesus. Wisdom, we prepare them, walk with them, guide them by the power of the spirit. And yes, of the increase of their joy, peace, love, happiness, there shall be no end. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed. 
Sister Maka, for this wonderful privilege to pray for the celebrants and to take the testimony segments. Okay, at this point, I'll kindly ask if there's anyone amongst us who has a testimony you would like to share, please kindly raise your hand. Firstly, um, Sister Arefo, please kindly unmute your mic and share your testimony. Praise God. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Um, I just want to share a testimony regarding my dad's um, funeral arrangements. So um, my dad passed away in the United States. So um, bringing my dad's body back to Nigeria, you know, has a lot of process, paperwork and all of that. So you have to take his passport to the Nigerian embassy so that they can um, stamp it to say deceased and then allow the airline ship the body to Nigeria. So we thought that would take, the time frame we were given was it would take about uh, two weeks or so. So that helped us prepare for um, the dates so we could advise people on the dates of the funeral. So after two weeks, we were not, we were not picking their phone calls in the Nigerian embassy. You know, my sister was getting a bit agitated because we had already advised people to save the dates and all. Then, um, so, <laughs> everyone get, got jittery, you know. We've advised people, Nigerian embassy, you guys are not picking your calls. And she's in a different state, you know. So then the funeral is next week. And today is uh, Friday. So she had to um, travel from where she stays to Atlanta, the embassy there, and um, to see if we could get the passport out. We had tried everyone we knew, we had spoken to everyone but nothing seems to, you know, be making any headway. We're not making any headway on it, you know. So we got into, you know, prayers and all. Then all of a sudden, my sister gets a call from the Nigerian ambassador to say, Madam, just go to Atlanta, take a flight to Atlanta. Somebody will be waiting there at the airport to give you the um, passport. When my sister got there, she said, Arefo, I didn't even need to say a word. You know, I just, they just asked me, what is your name? And then they handed, handed the passport and other documents to her. It was amazing. She didn't expect it because she was already complaining to me that she has to go to Atlanta. She has to wait outside in the cold and all of that. You know, how she doesn't even know who she, what she's going to expect when she gets there. Will she be able to get the passport out, you know? But the Holy Spirit had already, you know, gone ahead of her to perfect it. For the Nigerian ambassador to call you to tell you he doesn't, you never, you don't, you don't even have his contact. He calls you out of the blues to say, go to the embassy, pick up your passports, you know. And I remember when my dad died, the Holy Spirit gave me a word. He said, I'm raising an army for you at this time. You know, whatever kind of army, is it a financial army? You have it. Is it a defense army, you know, for village people and their drama? You have it. You know, because my dad, the way we grew up, my dad shooted us from all this village drama, you know, so I, I for one, haven't been to the, to the village in like three decades. So I really don't know what to expect, you know, going there. Last time I went there was when I was 10. So I don't know what to expect, you know, but the Holy Spirit just told, gave me that word. And that is how it has been to bring my father's body to Nigeria. It's over 20 million, over, I'm not even giving you, I'm just giving you an estimate, minimum estimate or what it takes to bring the cops back to Nigeria. People were saying, oh, why are you bringing your dad's body? Why don't you bury your dad in the US? But that wasn't the plan. My dad had always said he wanted to be buried in Nigeria. And he had even shown my sister where he wanted to be buried. So she felt that she had to honor my father's decision, even if it meant, you know, borrowing the money. But as God could have it, all the monies that we required to bring my dad's body to Nigeria, we didn't even spend a couple this is the financial army that God raised for us again. Like he gave me that word and I held on to it and I've seen it come to pass. And I'm very grateful for the efficacy of God's word. You know, if there's anything else you can do, hold on to the word. I remember that day in church on Sunday, Pastor Yemisi told us, if you have any problem, anything that is disturbing you, just say to yourself, peace be still. You know, and I just kept on saying that to myself, peace be still. I wasn't even worried. You know, my sister was like, you, you don't even, nothing shakes you. You just seem to just be calm. Everything, you just be calm. Even when everything seems, you know, hula baloo, you're just calm. I said, when my pastor said, we should say, peace be still. I'm practicing what my mother has said to do. And I'm doing it and it's working for me. And I'm just very grateful to God, you know. And I know that, you know, preceding the service of songs and burial, everything 
the Holy Spirit has already gone ahead of us to perfect it. Thank you for this opportunity to share my testimony. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, esteemed Sister Arifo. And yes, surely, peace be still. There was peace everywhere for you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Okay, Sister Angie Peter. Where is she? Has she? Sister Angie Peter, I saw you raise your hand. Yes, good morning, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. And um, the testimony, I'll make it brief, is regarding this, my nephew you already prayed for. Thank you for praying for him. It's his birthday today. It's actually one year today. I'm thanking God because um, exactly one year he was born. That was last year. After five days of his birth on the 27th of last year, as my brother's um, son, his first son, exactly five days, the entire family, my brother, his mother-in-law who had come for the Mugo, um, as we call it here, his wife, and then this my nephew, he was just five days old. They were accosted by, um, by some hoodlums. At the area where we stay, at that time, there was some cry, there were some crises happening around then. I don't, I don't want to go into that long story, but I thank God because the situation was such a way that they were surrounded by this, these hoodlums who were with guns, shooting guns, you know, but thank God it didn't get into any situation that would say they lost their lives, no, but it, it almost got to that point. But we thank God, even the car that was stolen from them that day after a while it was recovered. So I'm thanking God that this day that has come today is not coming with us thinking, ah, this thing happened last one, one year ago. It's, it's coming with celebration and rejoicing and thanks me for what God had done. So I want to give God thanks that even as he celebrates one year today, he will celebrate many more years. And I'm thankful for preserving their lives that day. My brother's mother-in-law, his wife, his just newly born son himself, their lives were preserved. And I want to give God thanks. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Lord, we say thank you for preserving the life of this family. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Oh, Lord, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you, Lord. Okay. In the absence of more testimonies, because we'll definitely have more testimonies this weekend. When the absence of anyone who's willing to share his testimony or her testimony, at this point, I will kindly ask everyone, I think we've come to the end of today's meeting, so I will ask everyone to please unmute their mics as we share the grace and fellowship. Grace. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The love of Hooray! Hooray! Hooray!